<laughs> Welcome back, y'all, to Life on Life with Andre. You know, it's been a little bit of a minute, but I'm, I'm on schedule. I don't know if you realize it or not. One every two weeks. On schedule. But yeah, welcome back, y'all. It's good to be here. Um, I'm hoping and praying that the first two have been a blessing to you as we enter session three. And today we're going to be talking about ripple effects. But before I jump into all of that, again, just want to say thank you for checking it out. Remember to like on this. Remember to uh, subscribe. Matter of fact, share it with people if you decide you like it enough that you got past the first two minutes. You did that, I'm a happy man. So I appreciate you. If you need to reach out to me, remember I do even have the Gmail, Life on Life with Andre at gmail.com. So don't forget to hit me up. I love to hear the thoughts and the things that we had conversations about. Because, you know, the first week we did about holding the line. The next week we talked about the attack on fatherhood. Now, we're talking about ripple effects. Now, before I jump into all that, I want to remind you some talking points. I want to make sure I remember. Uh, I want you to always remember that for these kind of conversations, I am definitely trying to make sure I'm staying within the parameters of Scripture, applying it to what we know. But at the end of the day, my goal and my hope is that you see the opportunity and take the opportunity to make Christ Jesus your Lord and King. Why do I say that? Because nothing I say matters if you don't choose that. So I want to make sure that I'm always giving you that opportunity. And if I don't remember, like today, I'm telling you, hey, I didn't remember last time to make sure I put that on the video. I'm telling you right now. If you want to do that, please hit me up or go to your local church. Talk to a friend that you know is a follower of Christ. Any of those ways. But please make sure you handle that business because that's the most important thing is your soul. That's I need to make sure I say that. Um, so I got a couple friends out there. They're doing some things. I don't know if you already heard, but you didn't know. My boy Andre and John Tate, you know, Dre and Tay, Tay and Dre, they're doing sports and food, their podcast, they're even making it a video cast now, so make sure you check them out. Again, sports and food, um, so check them out. You also got to be on the lookout. My baby, Miss Brandy, uh, she's going to be working on some special music for y'all, and I hope that you guys really love it and enjoy it. Um, you'll be able to see that show up on our YouTube channel, her, our YouTube channel, um, Worship with the Albertis. Uh, so look forward to that. And yeah, I've had some real deep conversation about this attack on manhood piece. So that's why I said there's going to be a part two, because it seems like we need to have a little bit more conversation. And again, because I have friends that are both in the church, outside the church, um, following Christ, not following Christ. It's interesting because I'm going to have a guest on who's not really, you know, ain't really thrilled with the church and where we've been at. So I, I look forward to this because it's an opportunity for me and him to have a dialogue like we do at work. Yeah, we work together. Like we do at work and be able to do that here. Um, it might be live. If it is, I'll make an announcement so you guys can chime in and ask questions then. they I got a couple people that wanted to go live and I'm like, I got four kids. So, so and a wife. I got to find space and time for everything. Might not have time to do it live. Because y'all be asking real questions and I want to make sure I'm prepared. That's why you can email me at lifeonlife at lifeonlifewithandre at gmail.com. Now, before we jump in today, let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you. Thank you that we have the opportunity to even look into your word without knowing that we're going to be harassed or thrown in jail or cost us something physically in life here in the United States. Now, that's not the same for other countries. So I'm grateful for the privilege and the honor to be able to dive into your word. I'm even more grateful that today, Father, unlike the church in the past who didn't have all the resources, there are a plethora, there are many resources out that help us to better understand your word. So I just pray to help people get access to that, know where it's at, but also, Father, that we take advantage of what's available now because we don't know how long it will be available. I ain't one for just ooky spooky, but I am about real. You have let us know that persecution is around a quarter, tribulation is a constant coming, and we are all living life and we see our different troubles. So, Father, I just ask that we all can take ownership of learning your word, getting it into our heart and to our soul so that when the time is right, we can actually see it applied and have it spring forth for us. Um, for those that are try- going through trials right now, Father, those that are going through hard times right now, I ask that you give them comfort. I ask that you give them peace. I ask that you remind them of your strength. I ask that you remind them that you're right there with them so that they don't feel alone. Father, let them find their worth and their strength in you. For those that are str- struggling with their image as they look in the mirror, that's why I said their worth. Because, Father, you created us as beautiful beings. Um, you've created us to be able to be dreamers. You've given us the creativity. It's not within ourselves that we find our answers. It's within you that we find answers. Today, Father, help me to definitely reflect you. Um, Allow me to be moved out the way. Anything I say or do, if it takes away from what you're trying to express, Father, then make it nothing. But I hope and I pray that I'm being used as your vessel to get your word out. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all. So... Again, thank y'all for checking this one out. This week we're going to talk about ripple effects. I'm sure you're like, what does that mean? And I spelled it with A on purpose. I love my brothers because, you know, people be make sure they spell check me. This one I did on purpose because we're talking about human. We're talking about us. I'm not talking about effects like, you know, outside of you. I'm not talking about effects like, oh, somebody put on a special sound effect. No, ripple effects, the things that cost us. That's our affections. How's it impacted? Deep, I know. I'm real deep. Anyways, if you look at Matthew, I mean, I said Matthew, Mark chapter, or Galatians, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, it says, Do not be deceived, God is not mine, for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. I'm going to read it one more time. This is not the next verse, this is not the prior verse, it's the same verse. It says, Do not be deceived, God is not mine. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. That's our verse. That's what we're going to be talking around. That's what we're going to be talking about. And what I want to make sure is we is all on the same page. So we'll talk about the context here in a moment too. But what I want to bring up is choices. You know, I've worked with a lot of young people, young adults over my years. Yes, I'm older something will come up and they will literally respond with something that says they're going to ignore all the warning signs, all the consequences that are promised or that are most likely to occur. 
that's what we can say. And so instead of using wisdom, they'd rather test it out themselves. I mean, I had a brother tell me that, hey, during an earthquake, instead of going for shelter the way we explained it, like finding a safe place under something that's sturdy, something that's out of the way, he's like, I'm just going to run on top of the ground. I said, you realize the ground is shaking and moving. You won't be able to get a footing. No, I will, Mr. Alberti. You don't understand. He meant it. Love the brother. He meant it. Or like, you know, we in Portland, come on, let's be honest. We knew that there was going to be some a possibility of snow. Yet people function like, hey, the weatherman's going to fail. And does he fail? Yes, there is many times he fails. But he got it right. And we weren't prepared. Now, I will say, me and my family were blessed to be able to be at home. Did our home thing. I had to hear and witness many of testimonials about people struggling to get from work back to home. Or struggling to get to their kids. So my prayers was out there for people. But again, it reminded me of a few years ago when we had the same kind of a like winter storm kind of hit. And we weren't prepared for it, even though there was warning signs. So, why do I bring that up? Because that's a natural consequence if we don't take action when we like the action we think we should take. Like I had to tell my boss, hey, I just don't trust it. I'm gonna have to stay home, take a sick day. It worked out for me. Doesn't mean that could could have gone the other direction. But I wanted to at least trust what I was feeling and what I knew. Uh, there's consequences of choices. The consequence of my choice was I got to be in warmth. Um, now, I'm not bragging. Please don't please believe that because the prior time I was stuck in traffic trying to get out to my kids, calling people. Got blessed that one of my family members was like, hey, bro, I got you. But I was already heading towards Beaverton. So imagine trying to get back from Beaverton in the storm blizzard in sitting traffic. Yeah, I got home very late that night. So hey, it happens. But what I'm bringing this all up for is it's like ripple effects. People make decisions, and then the consequences of those choices impact not only them, but the generations after them. We, I say that real quickly and fluently, but that's because in my head, I've got this picture that I think we forget about. Now, I'm going to start with the negative. I am not a negative Nancy, but I am going to start with the negative. Let's just be honest. You sit there and you look at some of our major Bible characters, Cain and Abel. They both got sacrifices to God. They both understood the expectation was to bring their best. Cain didn't do that. How that's defined for you, I'm not going to debate right now. I'm not debating that piece. What I am focused on is he didn't do what was expected, so he didn't get a praise from God, which made him upset. He got jealous. And instead of correcting his action, he got mad at his brother and killed him. But before that happened, I don't know if people pause and think about it. God said, hey, Cain, deal with that anger. Man, it's trying to mess you up. So it wasn't that he instantly just went into action. There was a moment that he got a chance to choose. And by him not heeding the words that God was putting out there, he chose something that caused a ripple effect for him and for his family. Because remember, he was cursed after that. He had to walk around with a mark so people would know he was cursed because they were, he was like, man, they're going to kill me if I'm out there. 
that's a, that opens the debate for a whole other conversation. Just know I'm putting a pin in it because I'm going to have fun with that one. But anyways, point being is, he made a bad choice. Fast forward. Let's talk about David. David, a man after God's own heart. I know y'all love that. Everybody leans into that scripture text. Problem is that we have to look at David's life too. And David made some great decisions early on. But that time that David saw Bathsheba, that wasn't a great time. You know why? And some people have talked this and made sure they kept it in there. Context-wise, David being king, during the battle that was going on, he should have been out there with his soldiers. Might not be on the front line, obviously, but he's at the battle. But David was at home, chilling. He's outside looking around. Oh, she caught my eye. She couldn't have caught your eye if you were doing what you were supposed to do. Uh-oh. Ripple effects. See, I'm not saying be a revisionist. Because obviously we all make choices and we're like, oh man, I wish I had made a different choice. But I am saying that in the moment, in the now, you can actually choose a better choice and be okay with it. It might not be exciting in the moment. It might not feel like, oh, this is great in the moment. But when you get a few steps away, you realize what you avoided. Now, I can't give my testimonial, but I got some testimonials about stepping away from stuff and being like, yes. I think I read between the lines. Anyways, back to scripture. Um, you can even look at Paul. But Paul's story is interesting because I don't know if you remember, Paul's like, I've asked God to remove this thorn from my side. God refuses. But God gives him words of encouragement because, hey, with that thorn on your side, you keep me. Paul's like, I keep God in the right place. I'm reminded that I'm insufficient. I am reminded that I need him. I'm reminded that God is greater. So all those reminders come because he has that thorn in his side. Now, of course, there's debate on what the thorn is. But instead of me focusing on what the thorn is, I'm, I'm focusing on his heart posture, his, his life posture. His life posture was, if God is going to allow this, then it's going to be for his glory. Not my glory, his glory. Now, I've talked about a few biblical examples, and I flew through it. So I'll rewind, and now we're going to read this, that same scripture. I'm going to give it a little bit more context. Um, I'm going to actually start in verse 6 of chapter 6 of Galatians. I'm going to read through verse 10. Let the one who was who has taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from his flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will also from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Thank you, Lord. May he have a blessing to the reading of his word. In this text, this sowing and reaping isn't 
a negative concept. It's a truth concept. You sow to the flesh, you're going to reap from the flesh. You sow to the spirit, capital S, you reap from the spirit. So you get positive, you do positive. And that's crazy because a lot of times we hear that and it's, it's said in a negative connotation and it's like it doesn't have to be. And I think that you guys have your own testimonials of people around you that you've seen them invest in their future and it benefit them and their loved ones. I mean, even now we've got people that are working on the idea and thought process of how do I get multiple lines of streams of income? What started with a trickle is now like a full force thing out there. Or how do I own my own business? How do I create a position that allows me to use my, use my gifting so I can be fulfilled and yet take care of my responsibility. People are taking the time to pour into and invest in good things. And they're reaping it. That's where I find it beautiful. So when it comes to our walk with God, if we take the time to invest and pour in that, to understand him because we're reading his word, to get to know him and spend time with him through prayer, you're going to reap that you're gonna know God, you're gonna be closer to Him. You will have peace unlike any other peace. Again, I, I repeat, you will have peace better than any other peace. Now, I'm not gonna, not gonna get all churchy yet, yet, but I am gonna say to you that it's very interesting because we see ripple effects even in the gift of salvation. When you choose to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, you're choosing to sidestep the consequences of rejecting him. Because see, you're already all, we're all on the same pathway. So this starts with the decision of you're born into sin, which is really saying you're born into a broken relationship with God. Now, people want to argue who's at fault. I'm not going to debate that right now. What I'm going to say to you is, you can tell you have, we all have a natural bend towards doing wrong. My kids, my babies, the babies, my youngest one, matter of fact, be a one in about three weeks from this message that I'm recording right now. He is doing wrong. He tackles his brother. He slaps at his brother. He snatches stuff from his brother because it's what he wants. It is wrong. He's having to be taught. He's having to be coached. He's having to be picked up by his daddy in hell. <laughs> but these are things that happen. It's natural. We're naturally selfish. So if we're born into that position, how do we get to a position of being right before God? It's not natural. The gift of salvation is not natural. And the ripple effect of that decision actually impacts not just you, but those near and dear to you. Sometimes in a great positive. Sometimes in a, wow, you feel so isolated. And I'm not going to promise you one or the other because the community that you can be part of because you chose Christ as your Lord and Savior may be very different from your bloodline family. And that is a real thing. I've watched people do it. I was fortunate enough that I had people in my family that were the same faith, but I've watched people that didn't have people of the same faith. And so 
God had to provide them a different type of comfort. Now, you, some of y'all are listening to this, you already are a follower of Christ. That is beautiful. But if there's somebody around you that is not, or there's someone who's unsure, I just challenging each of us to take the time to talk to them. You know, it's one thing to have somebody reject something because it was offered to them. Well, man, if somebody gets up there before the Heavenly Father and they're like, they see you. you know, this, this is me telling a corny, like, story. It's not a joke. It's a corny story. But, like, think about it. You getting up into heaven. Here come your partner. Your partner's coming up to heaven. And you're both standing before God. You go in. God, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. And your friend's looking at you like, hold on. You knew Jesus? You know that guy? I don't know that guy. He's like, yeah, I didn't know you. Go away. And you know he's going to damnation, hell, separation from God for all of eternity. That would suck. And I actually have, you know, it's not biblical. It's not biblical. It's not biblical. But my imagination makes me think about what would it be to feel perfect, utter sadness? Because of your friend losing their soul. And you recall you didn't do anything. Ripple effects. Again, I'm not trying to make this heavier. I'm just being real. There are people around you that you need and I need to make sure we are conveying to them the free gift of salvation that Jesus offers. And he asks us simply to make him Lord of our lives. Meaning, he is the person that makes the decisions. We don't get to go back to selfishness. We don't get to go back to putting ourselves on the throne. We say, Christ is on the throne of my life, and I receive his, his gift of paying for my sins. He paid for them, and I'm going to follow his instructions. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I meant to do that. So, what are some of the beautiful things of choosing Christ as Lord? What's one of the ripple effects? Peace. We live in a world where your peace is robbed. Your peace is taken from you. Your peace is interrupted. Your jobs create unneeded stressors. You can have family creating unneeded stressors. Man, even your kids can. So peace is hard to find when you don't have God to lean into. And I'm not talking about a fake peace. Now, I'm not knocking folks that have different ways of coping. <clears throat> but a coping mechanism is not a dealing with mechanism. A coping mechanism does not solve a situation. A coping mechanism helps you to forget or not think about it. Whereas God offers a solution. He said, give me everything. In other words, give him the weight of the situation. Trust him with the weight of the situation. Allow him to move in that situation. That's what's beautiful about it. Because if you do that, he says, my yoke is easy. He's giving you his peace. Us trusting God allows us to move in peace. Because we're not carrying, I got to figure it out. We actually say, God, can you figure this out for me? And tell me what I'm supposed to be doing. Now, I'm not going to go ahead. I'm going to keep going. Another thing, joy. 
something to look forward to, I'm excited. I'm excited when I know that I know something good is coming. I'm so, matter of fact, PS4 story. Yes, I love my video games. I'm playing what I used to, but man, there's something about when I know something's gonna launch. I'm checking it out, doing research. And I'm like, ooh. The last time I sat there, I was like, birthday gift to me. On my next bonus, PlayStation and TV. And I'll never forget, I pulled up to my spot, big old TV to get out my car, PlayStation to get out, a couple more games, and I'm just all this super excited. I was excited all day, actually for the week, because I knew what I was doing. And I was like, this is exciting. I'm sure you have things you've been excited for. But what could be more exciting than experiencing the true, unfiltered love of God his joy, his peace, to know that you know that you know that you're okay, to not have any aches in your body, to not have to experience any sickness in your body, to not have any concern about your well-being or the ones you love at all. What would that, what is that going to be like? That's exciting. It's exciting to know that I can have an unfiltered relationship with God because he'll be present with us. Well, I'll be present with you. So, honor, joy, unmatched. And the last thing I'll bring up, because there's many things I can say, but assurance. When you know that you know something, you function differently. I mean, I've been aggressive about stuff because I knew stuff. Uh, I've been friend who happened to be a chief in the police <laughs> and she said if I ever had a concern reach out now she's not here anymore so I can't use this now but back then she said reach out and I said oh okay and I'm not thinking nothing of it I'll never forget I got pulled over had just got myself a vehicle it was new to me it wasn't new to nobody else but it was new to me and since it was new to me I'm driving it all carefully. I've just had it 24 hours. And I take a bend and I just, you know, I'm turning on the street, heading over to my friend's house to show off. And let's be real, to show off my new car. And the police done pulled me over. I even had this car 24 hours. I just got pulled over. After they, and this is after they followed me for blocks upon blocks. So I already know I haven't done anything wrong. So I'm like, you guys are looking for something. So when he pulled me over, I said, what's your badge number and name? Because I'm calling this person to make sure they know that you pulled me over. And I just turned the corner. Well, sir, I wasn't going to do anything. I was just going to give you a warning. You don't need to give me a warning. You don't need to pull me over. I'm driving to my friend's house. But since you did. And again, because I had the assurance of knowing I didn't do anything wrong. And I knew who to call. I made that person super uncomfortable. And he got back in his car, left me with a little, oh, this is a warning, it's not a ticket. I'm not gonna stress that. The point of it is, 
the assurance that God offers with his salvation, his gift of salvation, it's beautiful. Instead of me having to wonder, am I going to be born again to something else? Instead of me saying, oh, there's nothing that happens beyond my death, when we don't know. Well, I do know. I know there's something beyond this. And because I know that I can rest in the fact that I place my life and my eternity in his hands. Ripple effect. I have assurance. Instead of me not valuing my life, now I value it even more. Because he gave it to me. He's allowing me to live it in such a way that I can enjoy it. I can have peace. And doggone it, I can share this assurance with other people. I'm hoping you will do the same. Because again, when a man sows, he'll reap. I would love to be able to share with everybody I can about the gift of salvation, about the promise of making him Lord, so that you can have an eternity with God because your relationship is reconciled. Now, again, I just want to say, I'm going to read this. The point of today, your decisions matter. Make them count in your favor and for the next generation. So that's why, and the reason I brought that up and sit here, and I didn't spend time on this particular conversation, but I'm going to go back. David, again, you know, he did what he did. And a child was birthed because of it. And then God sent a messenger and let him know a couple things. One, child's going to die. Two, the sword will never leave your family. These will be the consequences of your decision. And if you recall in the scripture text, David is crying out to God at every moment of life that this baby has. And at the very moment of death, David walks out and is done. Done with going before God. He doesn't even complain to God. And somebody asked him, like, why did you complain? He's like, God told me what was going to happen. But I was doing all, I was crying out because I was hoping he would change his mind. You know, grace, mercy. Sometimes he does that. Now, after that, did he say he was mad at God? No. And we still, like I said, future texts, we have David being called a man after God's own heart. But I think we forget that the sword, the sword, never left his family. And when I say the sword never left his family, there's a lot to happen. He has one of his sons violate his daughter and so the other son was going after him to kill him. I don't know about y'all, but as a father, if my children do stuff, and I'm, I'm, I can't, I'm too weak to resolve it myself, that's going to make me feel even worse. But it's because of what he chose. It's because of what he did. And so I don't ever want you making a decision in the wrong direction thinking you know the full measure of how it will affect you. We don't know. We literally don't know. But I'd rather you invest and pour into good decision making because we still don't know the full effect, but we know where it's going. We know the direction it's going. It's in a positive. It's for our benefit and for the benefit of future generations. So your choices do matter. What you do matters. Who you share Christ with matters. And that means even how you live your life.
matters. So, I want to thank y'all again for checking out Life on Life with Andre. Um, I know this one wasn't as long as the other ones, but I'm hoping that you get the point. Ripple effects do matter. And they impact those around you straight up. So check it out. Look for another episode in a couple weeks. If you got questions, concerns, thoughts, or even ideas you would like to hear, or you want to be a part of a conversation, hit me up, Life on Life with Andre at gmail.com. Make sure you follow, subscribe, and share this little video here. Or if you're on the podcast, the podcast. And again, thank you for your support. Blessings to you all. Deuces.